This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Good to be here. Thank you. All right. Well, so much to talk about. I guess it's been, what now, 15 years or so since the band got back together? Yeah, uh, we, well, we came up with the, the, we hatched the idea of the reunion in 2000. And it was really kind of 2003 before uh, we really got got the thing going again and the, the thing got some momentum. Uh, so, yeah, it's been a while. People still say to me, they say, oh, Raj, it's great to have you back. What's it like being back again? Oh, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, you know, I've been in the band a lot longer this time than I was the in the, uh, the first go around original line. <laughs> so uh, I mean, time really flies. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, so it's been I think four albums, right? The last one was uh, Paper Gods in 2015, but four albums since you guys got back together. How, how different has it been this go around from the first time around? Uh, it's been a it's been a lot more comfortable. I've got to say that uh, those early years were a very. Uh, you know, it was a very intense period, and uh, as you know, we had this very kind of intense teen audience that, uh, <laughs> yeah, which were great, but we didn't get a lot of peace back in the day. Um, so it's great to be back, and life is a little bit more. You know, it's a it's a slightly slower pace, and we really take our time to do things. We take our time to make the right record and to make sure that the shows are great. Um, so the the pacing is a lot more realistic than than it was back uh, back in the early eighties. Yeah, but imagine. I mean, the, just the industry itself has changed so much, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, it, it's I mean, it's it's unrecognizable, isn't it? The industry is totally different to to how it was. Um, and you have, but you have to adapt. And we we've spent a lot of time adapting, and we're not people that are stuck in the you know back in the the age of the steam train, we, we tend to try and keep up with the times, and I think that's, uh, that's very important. And I'm sure you get asked all the time still. It's been, what, uh, 30 years since you, you, just over 30 years since you made that, that fateful decision. But why did you walk away right at the height of it all in, in 85? Oh, that's a good, good question. <laughs> I've got about two hours, and I'll tell you. <laughs> yeah. um, I just felt that... Uh, you know, I needed some time out from it. You know, uh, as I said before, it was a very intense period, and we got through a lot of uh, record. We made a lot of records in that time. We did a lot of touring, and uh, I almost needed time to kind of sounds like a cliche, but to get out and kind of find myself a little bit. I mean, I joined the band when I was 19. Uh, Nick was 17. He was the baby of the band. <laughs> Uh, so we didn't really have a whole lot of time to, to go up properly and, uh, you know, sample real life. So I got to the point where I think I really needed to do that. And I, I went away and uh, I had three fantastic kids. I, uh, I lived out in the countryside for a while. Um, and then when the time came to go back into it again, I, I was ready. Yeah, I mean, it happened really fast for you guys, right? It was 78 when you kind of got together as a band and then... Yeah, it it took off really quick. It did. I mean, once we got the final lineup, you know, with Simon and Andy, it was just, it was a matter of months before we got the deal with uh, EMI Records, which at the time was a huge, 
very well for record companies. So, uh, you know, we went from uh, zero to hero in uh, a matter of months, and uh, it all happened very quickly. You know, I often think maybe a more gradual ascent may have been, you know, easier to deal with, but it, it, it was what it was. And uh, I, I wouldn't change it for the world, but uh, you look at the bands that have had a more gradual ascent uh, and they've tended to stick together longer. And, uh, you know, we've had a, a good long career, but we've had a few ups and downs along the way. Um, so it was definitely, it was kind of like, fasten your seatbelt, here we go. It was it was crazy. Right. So when you were away from it, and, you know, we were watching the band do what it was doing and continue on, did, did, did you feel as though you were missing out? Were, were you wishing them well? Did you feel as though you had moved on and they were doing their thing? What was that like for you, being on the outside and watching them continue? Uh, that, that was quite a strange experience, I have to say, kind of looking in from the outside. When you've, you know, when you've been in the band and you've been through everything with a, a, you know, a bunch of guys in the band, it was, it was kind of strange looking in. Um... But I was okay with it. You know, I'd moved on. I was doing something different with my life. They were doing something very different with the band. Um, so, yeah, I was pretty cool with it. I was, I was, I've got to say, I was kind of jealous when uh, the wedding album came out because I thought there were some great songs on that record, particularly Ordinary World and uh, Come Undone. And right. that kind of, my, my ears really kind of pricked up around that time. Yeah probably sowed the seeds of uh, wanting to get back with the band again. That what? took a long time before that happened. Is that right? I think that was the moment where I kind of, I started to miss it a bit and uh, wish that I was kind of back there again. The importance of, of Simon Lebon in in establishing, I mean, the band's identity, you look at how much the sound has changed over the years, yet it's still, it's uniquely Duran Duran. Is a lot of that attributable to him? I think it is. I mean, I often called Simon our secret secret weapon because whatever we do behind him, however much we we change the sound of the band, you know, Simon starts to sing, and it's kind of it can't be anybody else. He has such a unique and uh, recognizable voice that it's uh, you know make you know people always know who they're listening to. You know, and, and for all of you, as you say, when you go through those crazy years and you got the, the wild teenagers, right? I mean, so much of it was around him. And, and I, I remember those days back in school and all the girls were, were crazy for Duran Duran and Simon Le bon pictures in, in all the lockers, and, right? All of that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. How did he handle it? Uh, Simon's okay, actually. He's a, I've got to say Simon is a very strong character in every way. And, uh, you know, somehow managed to keep his, his feet on the ground. Um, but I have to say that Duran Duran was probably one of the the only bands, uh, along with maybe the Beatles and the Rolling Stones, and maybe a couple of other bands, that where people kind of knew every member of the band. You know, everybody knew who I was. Everybody yeah. knew John was the bass player. They knew Andy was the guitar player. Uh, so that was kind of, I, I don't, that's happened a lot since the days of Duran. Uh, but I guess that kind of lessened the load a little bit, that he wasn't the entire focus of all the uh, kind of teen hysteria. Right. Um, but I, I can't many, name many bands, maybe Coldplay, everybody knows 
who those guys are, but I think generally it's become very singer-centric, where everybody kind of, you know, it's a singer with a production team. And uh, I think there's many bands where you can name every individual of the band. Yeah. You know, something else, I mean, you guys really became famous for was not just the hits, but the, the music videos and how revolutionary that was, just as MTV was becoming a big thing. Uh, how much input did, did you guys all have into that? Um, I think our input really was that from day one, that the band had to have a certain aesthetic mm-hmm. and you had to have a certain look, even to be in the band. You had to play well. But uh, you definitely had to have a certain look and something about you that was uh, easy on the the eye, I guess. And I think that's what we brought to the table as far as the the videos were concerned. That we were always very aesthetically aware. And uh, and of course Simon was he came from you know he had a background of acting, so he had a, a singer that could actually look as though he knew what he was doing in these videos. Uh, so that was a good fit, and um, you know we kind of went along with it. You know, it was a new thing. We were open-minded, where a, a lot of artists weren't that open-minded. It was, kind of, you know, videos were, you know, was something certain artists wouldn't do at that time. But we said, yeah, let's, you know, let's give it a try. And uh, I think a lot of it was just being in the right place at the right time. I mean the. The people that were working on videos in London at that time were, you know, they had remarkable talent. Uh, I mean, there was no, not really a, there wasn't a film business in London at that time, so everybody was working in the, the video industry, so we had this incredible talent working on the uh, the videos. Yeah. And, and I wonder... Uh, it was really right time, right place, I think. Okay, yeah. And I wonder, too, for you as a, as a musician, because... You know, you've done both sides of it. You do the, do the live drums, of course, but you've also been involved in, in the electric side and in the programming side uh, with the drum machines. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, do you have yeah. a preference? Um, I like my real drum kit. I have to say, when I when I sit down and I play my acoustic drums, that's the thing. That you know, that's what when I started at twelve years old. That's the thing that I loved to do was to to play real drum kit. So yeah. when I sit down play a real kit there's something it's the air it's the air around the kit that's uh, the wonderful thing which you don't get with electronics um but then i've always been very open-minded since i saw Kraftwerk play in birmingham when i was 17 years old i went i just happened to buy a ticket to see whoever was playing that night and uh, i walked in and it was these four guys uh playing electronic instruments including electronic drums that they'd made themselves, uh, that kind of opened up my mind to to a whole different world, um, which has been pretty useful over, over the years because we've been able to go down a lot of different avenues. We're not a band that's just had to keep making the same record over and over again. You know, we've been able to explore the electronic side and the, the rock side and the disco side. Um, so I think that's been useful um, in terms of keeping the, the sand fresh. Absolutely. All right, well, it's uh, two weeks away, July 11th. Still some tickets available. Roundup Music Fest, Duran Duran, the headlining act, and, of course, much more at the band's website, durandduran.com. Roger, again, it's been a real honor. Thanks yeah. so much for making some time for us here. This has been great. Thank you, and hope to see you there.
Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.